part at our scripture this morning is coming from Exodus. And I really enjoy this part of the Old Testament because it gives us the understanding of who the people of Israel was and where they were coming from. We need to remember that they had entered into Egypt because of a famine way back when Joseph had been sold off and he was uh, there uh, serving Pharaoh and making sure that the, the warehouses were full. And because of that, his father and his family actually came from Israel today, but they wandered across. They didn't wander. They came directly to Egypt so that they would be able to have the supplies and the food that they needed not only for them, but for their animals as well. And there was a great reunion then with Joseph and his father Jacob and the rest of his family. Well, many years later, there was a new pharaoh. And this new pharaoh, he didn't know anything about Joseph and what Joseph had done for Egypt. And, of course, because of all these things, the Israelites had become enslaved. And they worked for the Egyptians. They were the ones, actually, who built the pyramids. Okay? Think about that. Now, as they were doing this, Pharaoh had also ordered at the time that Moses was born that all the male Israelite babies were to be killed from two and under. And so, because of this, Moses' mother had him, kept him hidden for three months. And eventually, Moses is found by Pharaoh's daughter and adopted as he was floating out into the River Nile. And she was bathing there. And so, we come to this place today where Moses had sinned and he had run away. And he's in the comfort of his life now. He had found a wife. He's living with his in-laws. And he's tending to the sheep. And we're at chapter 3, starting with verse 1. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. And then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. He, and he said, here I am. And then he said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. And then the Lord said, 
I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. Now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And he said, I will be with you. And this this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, if I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, thus you shall go to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And God also said to Moses, thus you shall say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is my title for all generations. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, I thank you today that we have examples in Moses. And maybe there's a lot of us that are reluctant like Moses was. And yet we've been empowered by you, equipped by you to do what you have asked. Speak through me and in spite of me today, Lord God. And I say this and I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, today, I share with you, who am I? Who am I? You know, there's a lot of interesting things and that I find interesting, at least, that we can find in either the Bible or even our hymnals. And when I was a a little kid, I was the kid who would sit in the pew and sit there and go through the hymnal and read it. I know, that's kind of geeky. But there's some really interesting things that you can find in there. Even in the beginning of the old hymnal, and some of us remember to are old enough to remember the hymnal prior to 1989, there were instructions from John Wesley on how you were supposed to sing while you were singing in church. And if you want to, you can look them up and, and find them. It's actually kind of interesting. There's instructions on how to do morning prayer, how to do evening prayer. 
There's even, if you look in our, our hymnals now, there's every kind of service that you can think of that we do here within the church. And so when you stop and you think about all those things, well, it seems like there's manuals that prepare us to be able to serve. And the best manual of all is, that's right, the Bible. The Bible. So, how do we serve? Well, there's all kinds of ways to serve. And, and if you are drawing breath today, that means that you were created for a time such as this. A time such as this. You weren't created for the 1800s. You weren't created for the early 1900s, although there's some of us that are old enough to remember the early 1900s. But if you're drawing breath today, you were meant for 2023 as well. Hmm. That's interesting to think about. Because, well, I'm a creature of habit. And I like it when things are going nice and smooth, right? I mean, you know, I'm content to just let things be and let things go. Yeah. But God's not. Oh, God, he is ever, ever serving us. But he's also ever, ever faithful. And when I think about that, I think about what Moses was saying. You know, he had gotten to this place where he's no longer in danger for killing one of the Egyptian sol er, soldiers, guards. And he's found a family. And he's created a family as well. But God said, hey, I'm not done with you. I saved your life as an infant for a reason. And you can run and run and run and run, but here I am, and I'm coming to you right now out of this burning bush. And you're to go back. You're to go back and get your people out of Egypt and take them to the land of milk and honey. Now, if we read further, we would know that poor Moses, he comes up with all kinds of excuses why he cannot do this. First of all, he's a wanted man. Second of all, now serving as Pharaoh isn't the same Pharaoh as had adopted him as a grandchild. Instead, it is a Pharaoh that would be his stepbrother, if you will. And most of us know who this is, as Ramses the second. And think about all the things that Ramses the second did. He was thought of as one of the greatest pharaohs ever. But he was doing it on the backs of the Israelites. Sometimes we forget what it's like to be put down. Sometimes we have been put down in our own lives. And so because of that, we're afraid of what could be out there. So we get used to what the status quo is. Later on, Moses says to God, hey, I don't speak very well. And so he gave him an assistant through his brother, Aaron. So Aaron became the chief of priests. Henceforth, the Levites become the head of the priests 
their tribe or the priestly tribe. And we know that Moses is going to start learning a whole lot about who God is. But at this point, he knows that God is the I am, the great I am. And we don't have to know anything more about God either, other than God is the I am. He's everything and anything. And because we follow a God who is everything and anything, we know that we can trust God because God has never broken a covenant. And so when God says of all these forefathers, we know that all the covenants that God had made with these forefathers, they still come true today. Today. In a time such as this. But somehow I think we've forgotten that. Hmm. We have forgotten the urgency of when God speaks that we are to follow and that we should really be taking our shoes off and standing on that holy ground, standing on those promises that God had shared with us. So I'm going to flip the question. So when Moses asked about who should I say is sending me, the great I am, I want you to ask yourself then, who are you or who am I in God? Well, there's a myriad of answers that can come out of that, but the very first answer is you should say, I am a child of God. And I hope that you say, if you are understanding that you are a child of God, that we were created to serve God. To serve God. Now, some of you might be saying, oh, man, hey, I did my time. I did my time, pastor. It's time for somebody else. It's time that somebody else move into that that, that position. And, and rightfully so, maybe, that you should make sure that you have discipled somebody to take your place to serve God in something that you have done. We all need somebody to walk with, but we need somebody to lead us, and we need somebody that we can mentor, like a Timothy, to bring in the ne- next future generation. And I do this normally every year because when you realize who you are and who your faith is in, then you can't help but say, Lord, I want and need to be with you. Whether you are an adult or a fresh young youth, and we will be doing confirmation classes this year, and it's the young people get to pick somebody out of, the confer- out of the congregation who's not a relative to mentor them. And I hope if they would come to you, you would say, yes, I will. And spend a little time shaping them and molding them and building a relationship with you. And I'm also going to get ready to do classes for those who are adults, who have 
been ready to say, yes, Lord, I want to become a member. I want to become a member of your family, the member of God, and I want to serve you too. And did you realize that in our our liturgy for becoming a member of, of the church, in our liturgy, there's also that you will serve. In other words, you won't be a pew potato. You know, it's a version of a couch potato. You'll be a pew, you won't be a pew potato. You'll be a servant of the Lord. And therefore, as a servant of the Lord, you will serve others as well. Now, that's not a mindset that comes naturally. And, and let me tell you, it probably is daunting and scares a lot of folks too. But it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be because God has given you the strength and the power to be able to do those things just like he did for good old Moses. Now, I hope that we won't have as many problems leading the others and, and, and being with others as good old Moses did. I mean, he had 40 years of problems. Hopefully we won't. Let's pray. Lord God, we do ask ourselves, who are we in you? We know that you are the great I am, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And through the Apostles' Creed and, and when we get ready to have communion, we know that you are very real and very present in our lives. So often we fall short, Lord. We get involved in our daily life instead of making you our life and knowing that you are the great I am and putting you first. And maybe even by society, we're taught to put ourselves first, Lord. And so we stop and we ask ourselves again, who am I in you? Lead us, Lord, shape us, continuously shape us. And we pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen.